0: Hello, listeners, and welcome to the Downright Upright Show, the place to go to hear out loud and proud what Minnesotans are thinking. I'm your host, Philip Anthony. Thank you all for joining us today, and I hope you're all doing fantabulous. And fantabulous means fantastic and fabulous, put together, twice as nice, saves time. And if you like it the other way, you can say fabulastic, (laughs) but That's what somebody had mentioned to me. Philip, you should switch it up a little bit. But they both mean, you know, great, fantastic, fabulous. Okay, and so today's show, we have a special guest, as always. Um, And our special guest today is Ivana Stark. She's the current director of the Fridley School Board and the Minnesota State Director of Clean Water Action. She just wears many hats, and she's an amazing human being. Um, Hello, Yvonne. Welcome to the Downright Upright Show.
1: Thank you for having me. This is exciting.
0: I know. I'm so excited to have you. Um, It was funny how we met. Like We saw each other. uh, We have mutual friends, let's just say. And and we were at an event and uh, we saw each other uh, right before, uh, uh, right after, I should say, uh, Bianca Vernig this uh, yeah. morning, and now she's got to run again.
1: I accosted you is actually what happened. I saw you, <laughs> and I flew across the room, and
0: <laughs> you can accost me any day.
1: Threw <laughs> myself at you.
0: <laughs> she's adorable. Uh, okay, guys. So before you you know the you know the shtick on my show. Before we start the questioning, uh, we have a discussion about your position as uh, director of the Fridley School Board and Minnesota State Director of Clean Water Action. Before we do that, uh, it's my custom to ask the guests about their early life, their beginnings, so where they went to school, where they were born, blah, blah, blah. So um, can you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure.
1: Yeah, I was born in Bismarck, North Dakota, um, out on the prairie. And my dad got sick when I was three, four years old with MS, and we had to move to Minnesota so my mom could have some support from her family and went to school. So we grew up very, very poor. My little brother was born when I was eight. We lived in Section 8 housing. My mom got her first real job, and we moved from Albert Lee, Minnesota, up to St. Cloud. No, I'm sorry, Mankato. We've lived all over the place. So my mom went to school in Mankato. She got her first real job in St. Cloud. Um, where she worked for the airlines and um, took care of me, my brother, my dad, who was sick. And I had this moment when we were living in Mankato when Bill Clinton was running for office. I was in fourth grade. That gives my age away a little bit. Well, and-
0: <laughs> when Bill Clinton was president, <laughs> I was in my 30s. <laughs> so don't worry about it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and um, our teachers uh. asked us to go home and, and ask our parents who they were going to vote for. And we were going to try and guess who was going to win. And so I remember my mom getting down on my level, and she was in school and working a lot of jobs and wasn't home a lot. And she said, well, we vote for Democrats because they care about people like us, and they care about people like Daddy. And so we lived in this apartment complex, and a girlfriend of mine and I went door to door. There were five multi-level buildings, and we canvassed the entire apartment buildings, all of them. And we walked up to our teacher with a spiral-bound notebook and I handed it to her. Now, I didn't know anything about sampling or anything like that. And I just said, Bill Clinton's going to win handily. Here you go. And she stood there stunned. And she said, can I keep this? And I said, sure. What I, I had no idea. I was in fourth grade. I'm sure she probably gave it to the campaign and said, here you go. This area has been canvassed. But I really remember that interaction of people slamming the door on my face as a fourth grader, people really wanting to share their hopes and dreams. There was one family who had just um, moved to Mankato from France, and she talked about if she could vote, who she would vote for, and the way that people were willing to open up to a fourth grader, and how interested our teacher was in what we had to say. And we were the poor kids, so nobody paid attention to us. And finally, somebody was listening to us. And this idea that somebody was running to help somebody like my dad and to help a family like ours. We waited in line for government cheese and we shopped at Goodwill, that sort of thing. Somebody actually cared about us. And then Hillary came to town and she had a red headband, just like a red headband that I had. And I was like, that's my girl right there. And the energy in that building and the chanting and the people that were willing to talk to us and listen to us, that was when I knew that there was a space in the advocacy world for me as young as fourth grade. And so I actually went to school. I got pregnant with my first child uh, when I was 19 and put myself through college. And I was doing a year at St. Cloud State before I transferred to the U of M. And I was sitting on the couch and my little boy was watching a DVD and the DVD ended. And, you know, it would jump into public access back in, you know, 20 years ago. And there was a sitting legislator, who is now a senator at the time was a House member, talking about lazy single moms who want the government to take care of them. And I was getting no government assistance. I was going to school full-time, working three jobs. And I wrote a letter to a House member whose kids played on the same sports team as my little brother. And I just said, I'm full of rage. I work so hard. This woman doesn't know anything about me or my family or or my child. And she responded back and said, this is really great, can I use this in committee? And I said, I have no idea what that means, but go ahead. And we were at the end of the semester, I was um, um, signing up for new classes and I thought, let's take a political science class and see what happens. So I took a political science class, I got pulled aside by a professor, said you should absolutely not be here. And I thought, oh great, here we go again, because my junior year of high school as we were planning for college, my guidance counselor leaned over, patted me on the leg when I said I wanted to go to college. And he said, sometimes pretty girls should just get married. And so I just didn't think college was for me. So I took a year off, went to North Hennepin before I went to St. Cloud State. And I, so when my professor pulled me aside and said, this is not the place for you, I thought he was telling me I was too dumb to be in college. And he said, you need to go somewhere like the U of M with an established political science program. And so that's what I did, transferred to the U. And then shocking, when you can't really get a job with a degree in political science, I had to figure that one out. And then I did a master's at GW um, out in DC. So then I, I had met Barb Goodwin, who's no longer in the Senate, but was a dear, is a dear friend of mine and was one of my mentors, got me my first job, um, working as a Senate staffer. So once I got into that Senate staff job, things just kind of took hold and I, I couldn't let it go. So now on the side, I work with women, particularly women of color, helping them run for office, um, when I'm not doing the, the clean water action work.
0: Oh, Wow. That's amazing. Thank you. You're incredible. <laughs> Love her, guys. She's amazing. So in let's start with your, you, you. Like I said, you wear two hats. And uh, let's start with the director of, of the Fridley School Board, because that is amazing what you're doing, amazing work. Because we need to get people like you on the school board, because they're trying to erase me.
1: They they're are. They're trying to erase me, yeah.
0: trying to erase trans people, uh, banning books. Um, you can't even talk about a gay person in the in, in classroom. I mean, if you have two fathers or two mothers or, you know, whatever, that's nay. You can't do that, you know. And that's got to stop because that, that infuriates me. But in your position there as Fridley School Board member or the director, excuse me, not just a member, uh, what have you discovered are some of the challenges that you're facing? For example, I was told by other school board members about aggression by attendees at board meetings prompted by uh, Moms for Liberty. So can we go into that briefly?
1: Yeah, we've been really lucky. We don't have people showing up upset about masking policies or our books anything like that. We have had Moms for Liberty candidates. We've worked really hard to encourage strong community members to run, you know, our our school board right now. We have former students, we have coaches, we have people who show up and I think that's a what people need to realize is, in these smaller communities, school board ma- matters. Conservative, the conservatives have figured out that if they can fill school boards and city councils, these down ballot um, positions, with their with their supporters, it's easier to get them into the legislature and into Congress in these higher level positions. So it's really important that we're paying attention and running. It it is shocking to me how hard we have to work to recruit good candidates. And being on school board is so rewarding. We are helping the next generation start their lives. And whether they're going into the trades or whether they're going to a four-year school, whatever their next decision is, we have that ability to create good human beings. And that's really what we're doing. So we do have, you know, constant candidates, but we've worked really hard to make sure that we're protecting our kiddos. We were one of the first school districts to have a DEI policy put into place. We worked really hard on it. It was before the Minnesota School Board Association had one. Typically, they'll come up with um, policies that will filter down to the districts, and then the districts can accept them, reject them, or amend them. Um, And at the time, and honestly, I don't even know if MSBA has one right now because we've had ours for so long, Um, we decided that we were going to make a statement up front and early that all of these students matter, and we were going to do everything, not just for our students, but for our teachers and our families, mm-hmm. um, to create that safe space and welcome them in. Yeah,
0: but, but uh, have you had any incidents where um, there was disruptions in your meetings, where, where people were giving you grief over books or, um, you know, what have you that has to do with LGBTQ uh, people? Um
1: no, we haven't really had people showing up to the meetings, which has been positive. I've got Thank God wow, I've got yeah. a fan club that tends to come after me on social media, which is fine that just tells me I'm doing my job
0: A fan club in in, in, a, in, a, in
1: a conservative yeah. fan <laughs> club
0: yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, the, yeah. Uh, they, they exist Oh yeah
1: yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah you know and I just draw that line in the sand that you can say what you want about me, but you're not going to talk about my family or my kids.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, because Good that's what they
1: like to do. They like to go after my family and my kids. Good for you. Um, and I will be very loud about that. And I've had conversations with them face to face, right? Because they are bullies. And mm-hmm. so they count on being that bully. But once you call that bully out and check them, you know, that does kind of tame them down a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we have been fortunate. We have one high school, one middle school. Two elementary schools and an ALC. So, we're not a very large district and we're a very diverse district. Um, and so, our school district is actually smaller than the city that we're in. Our city has Spring Lake Park, North or um, Anoka Hennepin, Columbia Heights, and Fridley in it, where the school district of Fridley is smaller than the footprint of the city. So, it's a pretty unique situation.
0: Yeah, okay. Now, we're going to transition into uh, discussion about um, clean water because that's... See, now, I, I have to tell you a little short, brief story. I had a, a, a door knocker from Clean Water Action come to my door and I was like, really? There's an organization that's you know promoting? Because I'm so worried about mm-hmm. the stories I'm hearing about these chemicals that are seeping into our water system and I said, would you like to be on my show? She, got, she was cute. She goes... <laughs> No, not me, but I I have somebody better for you. And that's how we got connected. So you could tell her name, say her name. Felicity.
1: Thank She's you, Felicity. Wonderful.
0: Love you. Okay, so we're going to talk about clean water, Minnesota clean water action, because there are organizations uh, your organization around the country as well, yep. right? Yeah. So, uh, how did it come to pass that you became involved in preserving the purity of our water systems for Clean Water Action?
1: So, I've been with Clean Water for just over a year now, and one of the first meetings I had was with Rep- Representative Jeff Brand, and he had been working on PFAS in the water for quite a while, and it was it was really um, this is what we're doing right away. Once I
0: polyfluoroalkyl. Yeah. Yes. I looked it up because I said, <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to pronounce this. It's called PFAS, yep. right? They're
1: known as forever chemicals because they bioaccumulate. They're extreme, extremely stable and hard to break down. And once oh. they are in your bodies and in the soil and water and air, they're there's, it's, they're working on technology to try and, and break them down now, but it's important that Minnesota was a leader on this because they were developed by 3M here in Minnesota. And now we're finding them in whale blubber, Arctic ice. 99% of humans have PFAS in them. Um, so they really are everywhere. So the fact that we took this first step to tackle the problem is really monumental.
0: Oh, my goodness uh what are uh, some examples of how factories companies and ordinary citizens are contributing to sure. poisoning of water so give me some you know anecdotes that you've heard mm-hmm. um for example i know that uh, uh round, roundup is it called i think it's it's mm-hmm. it's a, it's a mm-hmm. chemical that people put on their lawns mm-hmm. be careful people it's not good for water right It's mm-hmm. great and um and you're the expert, so yeah. let's go to you, and you tell us yeah. others. Well, and yeah.
1: I think PFAS is a great example of just chemicals in general how they end up in the water. So we mm-hmm. have one hundred and one landfills in Minnesota, and ninety eight of them are leaching. So anything we put pro- how many ninety eight. Which is a whole different problem that we have to deal with. But in the meantime, we have to be aware of what we're putting into the landfills. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Where do you start? So PFAS is in, it was valued because it would make things water-resistant, grease, oil-resistant, that sort of thing. So if you think Teflon is the big example, um, you know, it's in your chapstick, it's in your dental floss. It's um, in what?
0: Yes. Chapstick?
1: Yes. So when we came... Stop. When we, Yes. I,
0: use, I just used it.
1: Use Burt's Bees because that, but yes. So oh, it is in thank you. cleaning products. It's in textiles. It is in that stuff that they used to spray on your couches to repel stains. Um, we found out the part of I'm the problem with PFAS is like you don't know where it is because they don't disclose where they weren't disclosing. Now they will be required to, thanks to Amara's Law. But, um, what happened was we started working on this legislation. We dropped it dropped it in the hopper so it was public. And all of these companies started coming to us saying, will you give us an exemption? So it's in period products. And once we learned that, we were like, ew, no, you don't get an exemption. We're going to add you to the list of being banned. Dental floss reached out to us and said, can we have an exemption for dental floss? Absolutely not. No. So wait a
0: minute. But uh, let's back up. This, this is worrying me. <laughs> dental floss dental floss has so it. what do we
1: do so here's the here's the cuz i floss good news a lot. because when you start talking about pfas acids don't it sounds really scary because it is it's linked to birth defects um, kidney cancer other kinds of cancers thyroid issues obesity low birth weight in babies preeclampsia in women all sorts of terrible stuff one thing you have to know is that industry knew this stuff was toxic. If you go online and you Google EWG PFAS timeline, EWG, the Environmental Working Group, has all of the documents showing that starting in the 1940s, industry knew how toxic. PFAS was. They knew it was bioaccumulating. They knew it was giving rats birth defects. So one of the things that happened was the women on the Teflon line were having babies with the same birth defects. So rather than saying, you know what, maybe there's a problem with Teflon, they just moved women off the line and let men do the work. They were giving workers um, cigarettes laced with PFAS and, and to see what would happen, all sorts of stuff. And all of this documentation is out there. So this Having industry clutch their pearls to say we didn't know this stuff was dangerous or we should still be able to use it doesn't fly with me. I'm a mom. We're not going to go there. So it sounds really scary. But there are alternatives, and that's one of the things that the Minnesota Pollution Control Agency is working on now that Amara's Law has passed, is really looking at, okay, what does this mean? Um, How are we going to determine what is essential? Because Amara's Law is a ban on the non-essential use of PFAS, and then it's a ban on PFAS in 11 product categories. Mm -hmm. So there are things that you can do. So I don't really clean – and I clean. (laughs) I don't really clean with chemicals. I have a two-year-old. So I do have, like – the bleach and the things that when two-year-olds do, the things that they do, you have to use.
0: Absolutely. But we
1: overwhelmingly use cleaning vinegar and water. It's a 50% to 50% solution, half cleaning vinegar, half water. If you want to get fancy, you can put in um, essential oil or let it soak with orange peels to give it that nice orange smell. But that's really all you need. Yeah.
0: So uh, when we get Mm -hmm. back from our break, Mm -hmm. we have to take a break, um, I want to talk more about Amara's. Amara's Law? Amara's Law. And how you worked with a Republican colleague
1: I did. To
0: do some amazing work. So, after this break, we will talk more about that. So, this is the Downright Upright Show with Philip Anthony. We'll return after these massages. Welcome back to the Downright Upright Show with Philip Anthony on AM950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. The, the only progressive voice. This is where it's at, you know. So I uh, mentioned before we were going to talk about Amara's Law and uh, what PFAS really are. Uh, the real pronunciation, I looked this up because I wanted to impress you because <laughs> I'm <laughs> I am so not... It's, you know, knowing, you know, that's why you're sitting there, I'm sitting here. Um, uh, the, it's pronounced polyfluoroalkyl. That's well what, done. I, I looked at a video because there's a YouTube video how to pronounce this, and I looked at it. So, uh, and now we're going to talk about how you and a Republican, Jennifer Jornet, did I yeah, pronounce her name correctly? You did. Um, came together to save Minnesota's water supply from these pollutants. So, can you talk about? Tell us the story, because it's a really interesting story. Yeah.
1: I met John about 10 years ago through a grad school professor. Um, Nancy connected us and said, I don't know what this is going to look like. And she literally said, you two are going to change the world. And we were like, OK, let's figure this out. At the end of the day, we're both moms. We both work. You know, We had a lot in common. She was a Republican. I was a Democrat. And when we would get together and have these political conversations, they were always kept really respectful and fun. And so after the election, she ran a statewide campaign, and she her candidate narrowly lost and she was really heartbroken about it. And I called her and I said, You gotta get up, girl. Like let's work on this together. I need you. I knew that if I went knocking on some of those Republican doors, they would they would not take my meetings. And one of the things that we're trying to help people understand is our kids are getting sick. We're getting sick. This should not be partisan. This should not there should not be a, a division in this conversation, right? Like we all have to work together to move forward. And yes. so Jen really had faith in this and and spent her political cap- capital on me and reached out to her friends and said, will you meet with Ivana? Will you take this conversation? Will you listen to her? We're not asking you for anything but 15 minutes of our time. And we were able to make some really great connections. And, you know, honestly, some of them didn't care about the emotional story that Amara had to offer. They cared more about the bottom line. And so we talked about the the price, the billions of dollars that Minnesotans are going to have to pay to clean up this mess. And so we really crafted the message for who we were having the conversation with. And Jen and I had conversation after conversation, and I just said, I don't want to put you in a situation, Jen, where – I'm making your life hard with your other friends and and your colleagues. And she said, this is the right thing to do. And I don't want to put words in her mouth, but we worked really well together. And then we were joined by a third woman, Andrea Lovell, who at the time was working for the Minnesota Center for Environmental Advocacy. And we dubbed ourselves the Mama Bears. And it was really three moms is the way that we viewed it. We weren't Democrat. We weren't Republican. We weren't three different organizations. We were three moms who were dedicated to supporting the Strandy family in this process and doing really good things for future generations. Uh, PFAS is found in 100% of the blood cord that was tested and all of the breast milk that was tested. And having – Yeah. Breast milk? Breast milk and blood cord babies are being born with it in their bodies. And having, at that point, my son was one. And I had worked really hard to pump because I had the COVID um, antibodies that I wanted to pass on to him. And knowing that I had worked so hard to pump only to fill him full of PFAS filled me with a rage that I didn't even know I could muster. So the three of us worked really hard on it and um, had really great conversations with Democrats and Republicans. We ended up having three Republicans vote for it on the floor of the House before it went to conference committee. After conference committee, the omnibus bill was a party line vote. But we did have Republicans after the House vote as well that were texting us saying, oh, this wouldn't have been in an omnibus bill. We would have supported it. So. Mm -hmm. She was vital in, in crossing that line and really having a conversation around like this is important. This isn't a partisan thing. This is the water we drink.
0: Hello. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and I want to thank Jennifer personally, because you know, uh, you you two are a perfect example of how we uh we can be bipartisanly. Is that a word? Yeah, I yeah. guess. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Bipartisanly work together. Mm-hmm in a bipartisan way, to help all people, because we all drink water, Mm -hmm. not just Democrats drink water. Mm -hmm. Republicans drink water, too. By the way, uh, to piggyback on that a little bit, did she get any flack for voting for this from her colleagues and uh, Republican colleagues? Uh-oh. Did I touch a source? Well, I,
1: d- I don't want to speak for Jen. I will just say that I really appreciate her bravery because oh, yeah. she didn't have to do what she did.
0: Of course not.
1: And I appreciate the effort that she put in to help us accomplish what we accomplished.
0: Jen, you're an amazing human being. Thank you. There are people you know, that are on the other side of the aisle that I love. You know, like um, Liz Cheney, for example, Um, you know, I I disagree with her on almost every all of her policy, but she she believes in democracy. Yeah. She wrote a book about it, how now she's being demonized. She lost her seat. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: She's being rolled over the coals for doing something good. Yeah. And and Jennifer also did something good. Yeah. And uh, we have to acknowledge her for that.
1: I did. Th- at one point, I thought her head was going to explode. She brought me into Kurt Dowd's office, and I said, Listen, I- we're not going to agree on everything. We're not going to agree on abortion. And the moment that word came out of my mouth, I could feel her next to me. Like Avana, don't go there. And I said, <laughs> we're never going to agree on that. But we can agree that there is a young woman who is dying of cancer who doesn't need to be dying, and that we all want to drink our water with confidence, and that we owe it to future generations to protect this water. Yeah. And he agreed with me. Yeah, yeah. And, and th-
0: that story you told me. I hate to yeah. interrupt you, but breast milk. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. I mean. How uh, anybody, I I don't care what side of the can, not understand that that's an essential. Yeah. Uh, nutrient mm-hmm. that uh, uh, most mothers are are breastfeeding now because they kn- know the, the 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 power that breast milk has mm-hmm. for for a child's uh, you know growth and health, and to uh, to to hear that that chemical pfas I guess mm-hmm. is pronounced is in breast milk. That's frightening, guys. It's frightening. And we need to do something about it, really. Mm -hmm. And thank you for saying that because I I never knew that. I really did. And I know people breastfeeding right now. That's scary. And I just got a chill over my body when you said that. So, oof. Anyway, um, so recently in the news, Ivana, uh, I heard about above normal um, amounts of nitrates or nitrate in Minnesota water systems. Can you tell us if these levels are dangerous and what can we do to lower these levels? Yeah, I think it's
1: it's important that we have conversations with farmers. We were just up in St. Cloud. What day is it today? It was Saturday. We were up in St. Cloud having a conversation with farmers and Senator Putnam, who's the chair of the Agriculture Committee, was there. I think it's important that we're having conversations with the Department of Agriculture and farmers, right? Like, they have to be the ones to want to make the change. It's My mom comes from rural Minnesota. I'm not going to be the person to tell farmers you can't use something that's working on your fields, right? Like we have to work in conjunction to find something that's sustainable and safe. Mm-hmm. Um, because this runoff is, you know, a lot of the nutrients that they're discovering now – are, were applied 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. So there's, you know, even if we stopped using them today, we're going to have a, a long-lasting impact. And so I think that's really what we have to start to do is have these conversations together. It can't be the environmental folks dictating and, and blaming farmers and this is what you have to do. And then the farmers also can't exist in a vacuum without us supporting them and 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 guiding them. And there are a lot of really great organizations like the Land Stewardship Project, for example. Um, who are working on this issue? We are trying to work and offer our expertise as well. We are really focused this coming up session on plastics and the 10 to 15,000 different chemicals and plastics that are leaching into our water. Mm-hmm. So you're getting the nitrates, you're getting the PFAS, you're getting the Fifteen thousand toxics from plastics that are all leaching into our groundwater, and some of these don't bioaccumulate, right? Like you flush them out. The problem is, is because we're under this constant onslaught, they still never leave. Because when you flush them out, you're bringing more in, and that's really where a lot of these health problems are coming from. Which is why we're with PFAS. We had um, this young woman who was sick from cancer because she lived in the PFAS plume area, Amara. That's why the the bill was called Mara's Law. It was named after her. She died three days before the first vote, and two days before her first, oh um, before her twenty-first birthday. And she testified in nearly every committee and told her story, and she showed up to press conferences and told her story, that 3M knew the stuff was toxic and they dumped it anyway. She was exposed, she went to Tartan High School, was exposed through the water that she drank, she got sick, and sadly she passed away. But we're still working with her family and we're still fighting with her family. Her sister is actually going to intern with us now, which is really exciting. Really? Yeah, and so we're having Nora work on some of this plastics work because there's also PFAS in plastics. And so the whole idea with PFAS is something that we're transferring over to plastics is we have to turn off the tap. We have to use less. And as we have less entering into our environment, then we can really start to talk about cleanup because right now cleanup for PFAS alone is Mm -hmm. in the billions of dollars, multi-billions of dollars. And so we've got to stop this onslaught of more entering before we can clean up. Otherwise, we're just chasing our tails. And that was a message that really resonated with the Republicans too is- Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we're gonna make a mess. Pay to clean it up. Make a mess. Pay, pay to clean it up. We have to stop making our messes. Yeah, yeah. I re-
0: I read recently. Um, I, I I hope you um, have read the same thing because uh, talking about bottled water, uh, bottled water uh, in plastic bottles, not in glass bottles. Obviously, glass is not going to cause any problems because I grew up in a day when. You got your milk in glass bottles. Mm -hmm. You got your soda pop in glass bottles. You got every pretty much everything in glass bottles. Mayonnaise is in glass. You know now they have these squeezy things and Mm -hmm. made of plastic. You know, so yeah, can you talk a little bit about that and how dangerous that is um, for everyone?
1: So. One of the things about plastic is it contains these horrible chemicals, but it also breaks down into micro and nanoplastics, and babies are being born with them in their body. Microplastics and nanoplastics are being found in sperm and placenta. They are everywhere. Yep. They are being found in the fish that we eat, the game that we hunt, um, rain, soil. um, And so it's just really this onslaught. There was an article where – um, plastic rocks were were coming up in the ocean. Rocks. F- rocks. And From. It, f- like plastic in the ocean was forming its own sediment, and oh. scientists are now giving them a name, which I'm completely blanking on That's what that okay. name is. But they were um, plastic is becoming its own ecosystem in the ocean. Oh my god! And and so we have to stop using so much. So we, we're mm. working. Um, Sydney Jordan in the House has been a great advocate to reduce both plastic and the toxics in plastic. We're working with um, Senator McEwen on a bill to repeal the plastic bag preemption. Right now in state law, there's a law that says that cities and counties can't ban plastic bags if they want to. And we're arguing that they should have that local control.
0: What's wrong with the paper bag?
1: Right. Right. <laughs> I mean,
0: I, I mean, I grew, like again. Right. <laughs> I grew up at a time where you got mm-hmm. a paper bag mm-hmm. and you carried your groceries, in, you know, both arms and in a paper bag and brought it to the mm-hmm. car. You know, it's not a major problem, guys. And even now, they have paper bags with handles. Mm-hmm. You know, because people are like, oh, it's more convenient with the plastic bag. No, it's not good for the environment. I mean, think about your grandchildren and your children. You know, put don't put yourself first. Mm -hmm. Is what I say. Um, We're becoming a me, me, me uh, society. Start thinking about other people, right?
1: Yep. Americans use about 365 plastic bags a year, and those in Denmark uses four.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I I was going to say that. Mm -hmm. Scandinavians, you you guys are amazing, by the way, Scandinavia. I've been there. My husband's roots are there. We visited his family, and they are amazing. Yeah they they got it together there man mm-hmm. i mean we should take some uh, lessons from them so now i'm going to talk about something that i literally cried when i heard about this um and i'm sure you did too um as i'm sure you were in april of 2000, uh, 2014 the city of flint michigan changed their mun- municipal water supply source from the detroit supplied lake huron water to the flint river <laughs> The switch, and of course, you know, Flint is, is, a, is a predominantly minority community, um, poor people, so, mm-hmm. you know, who cares about them, right? Um, the switch caused water distribution pipes to corrode and leach lead and other contaminants into the municipal, that word is hard for me, municipal, uh, drinking water. As a result of this horrible mistake, tens of thousands of residents were exposed to dangerous levels of lead and outbreaks of Legionnaire's disease, which killed at least 12 people and seriously injured dozens more the bipartisan infrastructure law signed by president biden thank you president biden uh, will deliver resources to remove all lead pipes all what have we learned from this environmental disaster and how instrumental will biden's law be in the quest to save a myriad of people in the future from lead poisoning. I mean, I got the chills when yeah. he passed that. And, and, and you know, thank you again, Mr. President.
1: Yeah, I think it really shows us what, how much we are still fighting with institutionalized racism. This is an environmental justice issue. Thank you, um, absolutely.
0: I mean, why, why, why not uh, find a rich community and let them use Flint River water?
1: Yeah. Notice but,
0: that didn't happen, right?
1: It, In these situations, the first thing I have to do is swallow my rage and take a deep breath. Yeah, you do. Um, And, Mm -hmm. you know, I look at everything through my mom lens and I can't fathom how anyone could allow this to happen to children. Yeah. And there's just a a disregard, a lack of care. Um, Absolutely. You know, not seeing these people as human beings who need water which is so fundamental to everything. You think? Um, we have an environmental justice um, organizer, Sasha, who does a great job, and he worked with other environmental justice organizations and organizers um, to secure matching funds so that we will be replacing – Minnesota will, will be replacing all of the lead service lines throughout the state. Thank, you. Um, Thank But it's you. not done. Like, we have to stay diligent. We have to make sure that this is happening and happening in a safe way and that pr- – Communities are being prioritized by need and that sort of thing. And, and so I think it's an ongoing fight. And, you know, those reminders of, you know, Flint still doesn't have clean water. We, we need to continue to have this conversation and advocate for these babies yeah, yeah, yeah. because as a school board member, I will tell you the long lasting impacts that lead has on a developing brain. That was actually one of the things that we did in the Minnesota legislature was I called my superintendent at the time and I said, will you come talk about this? What does this mean for, mm-hmm. for kiddos? What does this do to the bottom line of a school budget when we have to hire extra paras and we have to change the way that we teach kids because they have been so altered from exposure, so it's uh, it's more than just lead in the water. Yeah, it's long term, long lasting impacts. On yeah, and a kiddos. lot of people don't
0: know this, and I didn't know until I I saw a special news report about lead pipes. Um, when you uh, when that happened in Flint, they didn't only use the water bottles that they the, the few that they were given to drink water. Which were in plastic bottles again. Mm-hmm. Which you know, again, it, it's it's a whole cycle here. But they would they were using it to bathe mm-hmm. because cook. there's yes, because there's lead in the water. So you mm-hmm. in the regular water, so you can't take a shower in it.
1: Mm-hmm. It seeps
0: in your in your, it could go in your mouth, your eyes, your your, your pores. Um, yeah.
1: Well, and think about washing your clothes.
0: Yeah, that. And how too. kiddos yeah.
1: chew on their clothes.
0: Yeah, 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 exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, how are minnesota lead levels in, in in our water and when will the infrastructure law take complete effect so we can is this going to be a long-term thing it's many <laughs> many 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 yeah, years yeah many
1: years um you know any <sighs> Here's the thing when we talk about this sort of thing is right. I you don't want to create panic, right? Mm-hmm. Anytime there are lead pipes, there is a concern. So one of the things we offer is Healthy Homes presentations. We go into communities and we talk about these sorts of things and give people the tools that they need to combat. So if you know you have lead in your water, that little part of your sink that you unscrew that has the little vent in it, take that out every few weeks, turn it upside down, rinse it. Um, if you haven't been home for a while, let your water run before you before you cook with it um and it, it,
0: boil it yeah, maybe
1: no well it's just because what happens is when the water comes through the pipes that lead will settle so when you first turn it on there'll be a rush of it coming oh, out yeah, yeah, yeah. so You're just right. run it for yep. a while that sort of thing yep, yep. um
0: boiling won't do anything
1: um uh, i mean no Yeah,
0: because it's right. like
1: a, it's the actual stuff the, the see how
0: un- unknowledgeable I am about.
1: This. <laughs> there are filters that you can get. Um, yeah you know, Stopping into Menards.
0: Yeah, those Brita things. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Yeah,
1: they'll help you pick out the best one for your concern. You can always get it. Um, your water tested to see where you are, on that spectrum. Um, right, right, right. And then just there are open comment periods as well, so reaching out to the MPCA to let your your thoughts be known on how you think they should implement the law is really important, too. Yeah,
0: wow. So we're gonna take a short break now, uh, and then when we come back with the shift, Uh, it's when we shift the questioning away from your expertise and now to your opinions on current events, and there's a lot of drama happening today. So uh, we'll return with the Downright Upright show, on AM 950, the Progressive Voice of Minnesota, very shortly. Stay tuned.
1: Song we sing, fierce way we die.
0: You can make the mountains ring, or make the angels cry. Though
1: the bird is on.
0: Know why. Come on, keep on your brother. Get together. together. Try to love one another right That's now. the message right there. That's the message. Try to love one another. Welcome back to the Downright Upright Show with Philip Anthony. Um, this is our last segment, uh, which is called The Shift where we shift the questioning away from your personal expertise and your personal journey to your opinions. And don't forget to say the F on shift, because otherwise we have a problem. So say shift or it whatever works for you. <laughs> so I didn't, uh, you know, current events is happening as we mm-hmm. speak. So I just left the house and found out things I didn't know. So um, uh, Ron DeSantis, remember him? <laughs> the yeah. one who, who doesn't like doesn't like us gays very much, but he dropped out of the race. Do you have an opinion about that? I mean, he was kind of Trump 2.0.
1: Yeah, but he's baby Trump. So why
0: would you vote for the baby when you could vote for the adult? Right. Yeah.
1: No, I never really understood what he was trying to accomplish, and I just couldn't get over the shoes, the lifted. (laughs) Like, every every time you say his name, that's where my brain goes to, and I just can't.
0: Yeah, but, you know, I think the reason he didn't make it is because— um, you know, Voldemort has much more, uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, uh, gravitas and a lot more, uh, you know, uh, he's more dynamic. Mm-hmm. And uh, DeSantis is kind of boring. Yeah. He's got no vim and vigor, you know.
1: Yeah, and going after Disney, like just a lot yeah, of all that stuff, kind of yeah. faux pas of like, what are you thinking? And yeah, yeah. it was just hard to take him seriously. Right. And he know? was trying I, so
0: hard to be uh, more right uh, than, than Voldemort was, you know, he's trying so hard to be like, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm much more nasty than he is, you know?
1: <laughs> so. Yeah, it, I find it interesting, and last I heard Nikki Haley was still in it, that he dropped out, but she's still putting on the fight. Although some of the numbers that I saw was that if one of them would drop in combined forces, they might have enough to take over. But yeah. I just think that the cult of Trump is so intense that you know, the writing's on the wall and that's what we need to prepare for. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So as you know, our twice impeached, 91 times indicted ex-president, who I call Voldemort, the name who we shall not mention, won the Iowa caucuses by over 30 points. And it appears his lead over Nikki Haley has increased to double digits in the New Hampshire primary. primary. Now, you know, this show is pre-recorded, So when you hear it, you'll know the result of that. (laughs) Um, So uh, now, personally, I have yet to figure out what he did during his term as president, meaning Voldemort, uh, to improve the life of anyone in this country uh, other than the super rich and large corporations, and not to mention his dog whistles to white supremacists, anti-LGBT groups and the 91 indictments and his liability for sexual abu- sexually abusing E. Jean Carroll, among many, many, I mean, I could go on and on, mm-hmm. and it's, you know, I'm reading them because I can't remember them all, because if any other candidate had this resume, they would be out of it. I mean, mm-hmm. I remember there was a candidate back in the day, and for, it escapes me, but he took a picture on a boat With this woman. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I I can't think of his name. uh, uh, But just because of that, he got Uh He lost the primary or he lost his, you know, they threw him out of the uh, primary. So, yeah. But all these things don't seem to matter to um, his voters. Uh, So I'm now going to ask you to play devil's advocate and try to explain to me why so many people still support him. Because I'm having a problem figuring it out.
1: I've seen this with People in my life that I care about too, and it just really perplexes me. But I think it goes back to the fact that we have not been able to address our issues with institutionalized racism. Um, it, he gives permission. He gives permission to people to be the victim, and I have to have somebody to hate, so I'm going to blame this group over here. I, my, you know, this didn't turn out the way that I wanted it to, so now I have permission to hate this group over here. And, you know, I think that this country has let this thin group of white supremacists exist and we've just kind of poo-pooed them and, oh, they're, you know, we're going to let them live over here and ignore them. Well, now they've been bolstered and they've been encouraged and now they have the courage to come out, right? And we see our issues with institutionalized, institutionalized racism in how we educate, how we hire, um, how we interact with other countries across the world. And he's saying the quiet part out loud for a lot of people and people who might have been a little more moderate and for whatever reason need somebody to blame for the things that they're unhappy with. And I really think that's what it is, is this need to be upset at somebody. He's giving them the somebody. And rather than embracing this opportunity we have to come together as a community and a culture of Americans and embrace our diversity mm-hmm. he's he's wedging he's creating these new wedge issues
0: yeah yeah i i look at america and see in my head i think of america as a, a quilt mm-hmm. patchwork quilt beautiful isn't it but they think of america as a white sheet yeah one color that's it Nothing, no divergence from, you know, that. And so, um, unfortunately, we have to start uh, as a group, not only African-Americans, not only LGBT, uh, white progressives, the whole gamut. Get together and vote. Because voting is your power. That's the only thing you have to fight it, right?
1: Yeah, there was a school board candidate, anoka Hennepin, who was running against a Moms for Liberty candidate, and she lost by, I think it was three votes. Oh, boy. It was a single-digit vote, three or seven, something like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, every single vote counts, and when I was out campaigning um, with a friend of mine, who is now on a county commission, people would say, oh, my vote doesn't count. And she would spend all this time begging them, like, no, really, it does. Here's all these examples of, you know, why it matters. Um, So it really, every single one does, yes.
0: Absolutely. Now, you know, um, I happen to be part of the LGBTQ community. I display my flag and my fan here. I want one of those. Yeah, we're trying to get merch done here. You know, I was... I was told maybe we could get some Downright Upright Show merch with these fans and have people um, fan themselves. Yeah, yeah, spread the word. But um, the twice impeached, 91 times indicted uh, ex-president and wannabe dictator is a huge fan of Vladimir Putin of Russia. Now that's scary in itself, but the Russian Supreme Court has recently declared the LGBTQ movement a quote, terrorist organization. Can you believe this? And as a result, Russian police have begun raiding gay bars and other establishments all throughout Moscow. The police are beating LGBT people and arresting them just for being their authentic selves. My fear is that if Voldemort becomes president again, not only will he allow Putin to keep the stolen territory invaded in Ukraine, but he will also implement similar dangerous policies against the LGBTQ community because that's what his voters want. Whenever he talks about, you know, women in sports, um, you know, men in sports, mm-hmm. and all the mm-hmm. blah blah blah, he gets big cheers and you know the crowd, you know, exalts him. You know, so uh, let's see. Uh, they claim to be Christians, by the way. Uh-huh. And in my book, Christian's supposed to love, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. So um, they want to pretty, basically they want to pretty much erase the LGBTQ community. What are your thoughts about him, God forbid he would win the election, and what, what would the outcome be for our community here? Isn't it, I know it's frightening. It is, it's very frightening.
1: Ew. Oh, God.
0: Um. <laughs> You're like me, right? I,
1: well, I you know, like we, have, yeah, yeah. we have these conversations around, um, you know, what do we how do we protect our kids? My, yeah. my fiance and I, how, how do we protect our kids? What do we do? And our we have a 20 year old and a two year old. And now if we were to, let's say, relocate North Canada, something like that. Dylan is too old for he, I can't bring him with me. And I told Mike, I'm not going anywhere unless I can have all of my children. And it's really this idea of we have to stay and fight as hard as we can to um, protect the people that we care about, but also recognizing that if this becomes a situation where my children are not safe, like we have to have a plan B, um, you know, and we have members of our family that I am terrified for. And I think that. I don't know what the answer is. I don't. I don't even want to contemplate what this could mean for the people that I care about and people that I don't even know, right? But what it tells me is that we have to work so hard, and mm-hmm. we have to mobilize every voter, and we have to stop this letting perfection get in the way of progress. Correct. Right.
0: Yeah. 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 And and, and I think uh, you know even the fact that we're discussing we may have to go to Canada. I mean that's frightening in itself. And um, so, everyone, I just want to say one thing before we close the show because we have a minute left. Um, go out and vote. Yeah. Door knock. Uh, phone bank. Give money. Give, d- donate. Whatever you can do because this is an election. I know we've said this many times, but this this election really is important. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is the one that will tell the tale. Um, so, uh, uh, for more information, thank you any before I even close out the show, thank you, Ivana, for thank coming you. to the show. You're an amazing human being. You do great work, and that's why I was you know I, I'm overwhelmed that you came to the show i'm and everybody out there thanks you for keeping trying to push uh the government and companies to keep our water clean. so thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you. You're so amazing. you too yeah thank you and um, for more information about Ivana Stark and Clean Water Action you can go to at a Carolines is that correct yep or you can go to cleanwater.org and also at cleanwatermn uh, on on Twitter I don't say X because it's stupid anyway <laughs> uh, thank you for joining us and see you soon this has been uh, the Downright Upright Show with Philip Anthony love you